0: Welcome to the UMass Hockey Hour on 91.1 WMUA. Welcome to this week's edition of the UMass Hockey Hour. I am Scotty Morrow alongside today Maddie Poplowski and Andrew Golden ready to talk about UMass Hockey for this week. They have a game coming up against AIC tomorrow in Springfield, Mass. And they just got done with a preseason, I should say, but called an exhibition against Sacred Heart this past weekend. And Maddie was on the call alongside Jacob Redder. Andrew was in attendance for the game. So, uh, Maddie, overall thoughts on that game? Um, So, in
1: in terms of um, Sacred Heart players, um... You know, I think Robbins was
0: one of the main,
1: um, you know, players for that team. He played all sixty minutes. He had in total twenty seven saves, so definitely um, kind of the star there. Um, and UMass previously before this game was up uh, in the in the um, all time series three zero against Sacred Heart, and I think their last meeting was in twenty sixteen I believe. So, um, you know. A lot of development there from Sacred Heart. They're entering their 30th season of the program. So I think in terms of Sacred Heart, there was a lot of positives there. In terms of UMass now switching to that side of the ice, um, you know, we got looks at all three goalies. Um, UMass did lose this game, um, 2-3, by the way, but uh, overtime and shootout was played. Um, And it was kind of just more so of, you know, in a game where fans and coaches could see the chemistry between all of the new players and transfer students. um, And, you know, with UMass, you saw a lot of turnovers. I think communication was just a a major error error on that front um, and stuff like that. So I think there's definitely a lot for UMass to work on. But like last season, I don't think the exhibition game is indicative at all of the upcoming season.
2: Yeah, I mean, from what I noticed, there was there were a lot of turnovers, a lot of a lot of backwards passes that just went nowhere. Um, so I mean, it, it kind of just the, the the fact that there were so many new players on the team really showed in that it didn't really seem like there was a ton of chemistry. Uh, but you know, obviously, that's that's why you get the exhibition games out of the way, and you know, now hopefully we'll be uh, they'll they'll be ready against AIC who has their own turnover issue both both with uh both with physical turnovers on the ice and like turnover on their team they have 18 new players so uh, the aic is probably aic is going to be in the, about the same boat as umass when it comes to when it comes to new players but it it's uh it's going to be interesting to see hope uh pretty pretty sure that umass pretty much got their you know kinks out of the out of the way in the in the exhibition game so they'd
0: probably be more
2: ready to go against
0: against AIC tomorrow yeah and as you said it's good for a team that's so young and you know not familiar with each other uh in this UMass squad getting that exhibition game against Sacred Heart uh albeit final score they didn't know up losing but you know they're not really going to look at that and say oh we wish we had that game so that's good for them and The AIC game, just as you said, they're also more of a newer uh, team, not as familiar with each other. So that's also, I'm not going to say a warm-up because the regular season games are, you know, every game is just as important as the next. And it's good for them. You know, they're playing the national champions on their first weekends at Mullins. uh, And they're as familiar with each other and as... You know, as good as any team out there. So it's good for them to get those games out of the way. Scoring in this game for UMass, Cal Kifug, the senior. uh, Expecting a big season out of him alongside the other senior leaderships uh, with the departure of guys like Bobby Trevino, uh, Joshua Pina, who was a sophomore, Garrett Waite, who was a transfer senior. Um, He assists on the goal from Reed Lepster and Linden Alder, who, you know, he, he doesn't come around points very often. So, uh, good to see for him and Releps are also and with the A on his jersey, and then a new player, Kenny Connors, uh, scoring the third goal for UMass.
1: Yeah, um, that fourth line, um, all freshmen. You know, I think that line despite the outcome of the game, they all performed pretty well and it was just a good look to see that chemistry between all of those um, new players as well. So I think that was also um, a positive for the game was the Connors goal and transitioning into a couple more positives from the game. Just the, you know, it was an exhibition game, but you did see like a lot of physicality between the players in in a good way that, you know, there was only um, one penalty called the entire game. Um, So... I think that is something you're going to hopefully see UMass maintain along with their composure um, because those things have to go hand-in-hand hand for you to have a good game on the physicality side. Um, yeah, so.
0: Yeah, and Tyson Dick and Ellie McDermott coming in with the assists. It's exactly what you want to see, at least in an exhibition game, if I'm a UMass coach because with so many new guys, you don't know which ones are going to work like well together on each line. And there's plenty of players who are also not new to the team but are still kind of unproven. Um, we'll, get to, we'll get to guys like Taylor McCarr and Jerry Harding a little later, but when we talk about goaltending for this team, it's not as sure as it was for the previous seasons. We had, obviously, Matt Murray, who started pretty much every game last year except for one for the Minutemen. And then before that, he was a tandem um, with Phil A. Lindbergh, and that was as good a tandem as you can get in college hockey. Now, it's a little more, um, should we say, <laughs> not familiar, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, Luke Pavsic started one game last year. He appeared in four, but he's only have has one full game under his belt. And you have also Cole Brady, a transfer now from ASU, and then Henry Graham, who's been around for a while but hasn't seen any game action. But they all got a period to play, Maddie.
1: Yeah, they all um, were able to suit up and get a period of play. But I don't think this game, um, like we kind of mentioned, it, it left some uncertainty, but it, it didn't really... With with the play that they had going... With, um, you know, offense and defense had going on, it wasn't a great evaluation of what these goalies can do. Um, just because of the turnovers, like I mentioned, was a huge issue in this game, and even... Um, Coach Carville mentioned that in the press conference. Um, so, you know, Brady did look really good. He played the third, the overtime, and the shootout, and he made ten saves, didn't let in any goals. Um, uh, Pavisic, like we mentioned, you know, this was only his fifth game played, and none of the, like I mentioned, analyses of the goalies this game is is a fair one, Um but, you know, I think he did get outplayed on some front. But once again, it, I, I think he obviously deserves another look.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think about, about Pavicic kind of not being uh, shown fairly on the score sheet, I think I th- I am, I'm going to agree with that because if if I remember correctly, both of the goals he gave up were just off of horrendous turnovers. And, you know, it it's kind of hard, you know, when you're a goalie, to be put in a situation like that right. to make all the stops, especially when, you know, uh, the, the, the play is just suddenly coming back towards your direction. It's, it it kind of keeps you off guard. So, yeah, I, I, I agree that pavicic's stats aren't really a fair assessment of how he played. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, based on what I saw in that game, I think that the uh, goalie battle became harder, uh, harder to figure out because H- Henry Graham... Uh, has if I'm correct zero games of experience, zero minutes, of zero experience. minutes, in <laughs> not, college. not even not even a game, not even in relief. Uh, yeah, because he's he's pretty much always been the third goalie on on this UMass team. Um, you know, coming from coming from the NCDc, you know, or the uh, uh, USPHL, it's kind of it's tough to, to actually like be able to get those minutes. But I thought he played really well. I, Maddie, you have the stats right there. Yeah,
1: I was just gonna say, um, just to kind of outline where we're coming from, um, Pavicevic had two saves. Graham had seven. Um, he let in one goal, and then Brady had ten saves and didn't let
2: in a goal. And that goal, that goal that Graham gave up, he kind of got barreled into. So I mean, it was it was debatable whether or not that was even like it could have been goaltender interference. If if like it was being the game was being taken more seriously, maybe right. Carvel would have challenged it. Um, but I thought I thought Henry Graham played really well and. <coughs> I think that made the. Uh, I, th- I think that gave him a shot to to play some minutes, and I think it it still it still really remains to be seen who's gonna who's gonna take the lead, but uh, I think I think it could be Brady still because b- based on based on the fact that there was overtime in a shootout, I think think Greg Car or Coach Carville might wanna might have wanted to see like how he stands up in those situations, right. give him more minutes than because that, that's cause he ended up getting more minutes than yeah, the other two. Yeah, and, so. and
1: UMass won the shootout too, which is important to note when when Brady was
2: in net. Right, because that can be pretty important for hockey standings. So I mean that that's that's good to know. So it, I think it could. Be, I think it's going to be Brady, um, but the it, I, th- I think
0: it still remain, really remain, remains really uh, yeah. remains to be seen. Yeah, absolutely. Just like you were saying, it is very important in when you're talking about in conference games if a goalie can hold up in overtime in a shootout it's most likely no coincidence that he put Brady in in the third to go to overtime and a shootout right after. And the way you started out when you were talking, you said the goalie battle has gotten a lot harder. I think we kind of not not so much assumed how it was going to go, but a guy like Henry Graham, he never saw a minute, and he, he was pretty much always... Um, UMass's third string, their emergency backup. He's so we kind of—he was the penalty box door opener. <laughs> yes, he was exactly, and we always assumed that. I guess he was still going to be sitting by those boards all the time, but he got his chance to at least prove himself a little bit uh, with a period, um, and he may have earned himself some time uh, sitting on the bench this time. Um, and we also may have assumed that Luke Pavisage may have been like a de facto starter because he was in the organization, and he was the backup, uh, chosen to be the backup over Henry Graham during his freshman season. And Luke Pavic is, you know, he's not, he, he, he doesn't play as much than a regular backup, I guess. Like Matt Murray started every game pretty much, yeah. but he was invited to the U.S. World Junior uh, training camp. He didn't end up making the team, but it's, it's a pretty big honor, I guess, to get invited to that. Uh, and then when you look at Cole Brady as well, He's a junior, so he's got a li- and he started a bunch of games. Uh, I believe he started twelve last year, and then thirteen the game bef- uh, the year before. So he does have some experience under his belt. Um, so it does make it a lot harder for a guy like Greg Carvo, who he wants to trust a certain goalie. I think that's his big thing. He was able to trust two uh, for a couple years now, and now he's kind of picking and choosing between which one. Is going to be the one that, you know, when playoff time comes around, he's gonna have to choose. He's gonna have to choose which one um, performs the best. And I guess we have yet to see that. So we're gonna take a quick break in the middle of our show here. Coming up, we're gonna preview the matchup between AIC and UMass tomorrow, along with some players that have returned that we're maybe seeing we want to see them prove a little bit more and see what their roles are. But Don't go away. You are listening to the Hockey Hour on 91.1 WMUA. Have you ever
1: experienced a wish come true? For a child battling a critical illness, a wish come true can be a turning point. One song, one dance, one game, one adventure, one moment changes everything. Make-A-Wish needs your support to grant the wish of every eligible child. Visit wish.org now to help grant more life-changing wishes. Together, we can transform lives one wish at a time.
0: WMUA is on social media. If you want to stay up to date on the latest news from the radio voice of UMass Amherst, like us on Facebook, WMUA 91.1 FM. Our Twitter and Instagram is also full of great content. Follow both at WMUA. For exclusive footage at our events and a behind-the-scenes look at our studios, follow us on Snapchat. Our username is WMUA FM. That's WMUA 91.1 FM on Facebook, at WMUA on both Twitter and Instagram, and WMUA FM on Snapchat. Snapchat. And welcome back to the UMass Hockey Hour here at WMUA ninety one point one FM. I'm Scotty Morrow hosting the Hockey Hour alongside Maddie paplowski and Andrew Golden here and. We're gonna finish up on this Sacred Heart exhibition and then go into their next matchup against AIC, along with talking about some returning players. Um, but no better way to finish off than talk about Greg Carvel's uh, post-game press conference, Maddie.
1: Yeah. So, you know, this game was one that Carvel said he wanted to just kind of sit back and watch and assess how the how play was done, um, and you know, maybe some. Smaller things that he could tweak out um, that he thought, but ended up being bigger issues. But he he simply said it wasn't an enjoyable game to watch,
2: <laughs> and
1: <laughs> you know, direct quote there. Um, and when asked about goalies, you know, it, it wasn't an, he that wasn't even crossing his mind at at the time of the press conference. He was more like I mentioned um, focused on turnovers. He said. His The team's puck management was beyond poor. Um, so he said he would watch some tape later in the week to assess w- kind of where he stood for goalies. Obviously, you know, that's still up in the air, as we talked about. Um, and just another note, um, Captain Eric Faith was not on the lineup for the Sacred Heart game, as well as a few other players. Um, and when just asked about uh, returning for the AIC game, uh, Carve... Said a couple of guys should be back. He didn't go into detail. Um, and, you know, we just kind of left it at that. So, just something to keep an eye on. Obviously, no speculation there. Um, yeah, he was, he just seemed pretty upset with the puck management overall. Um, but one thing he did note on as, like, a positive was face offs. You know, with the loss of Josh Lapina, he was a big contributor to the face offs. Um, but you have Nodler coming in. Um, and in that game, in the Sacred Heart game, his, uh, Win percentage was 58.3, along with Mercury putting up a 62.5 win percentage. Uh, So overall, still some positives there, um, you know, with keeping up the edge on face-offs with um, a total, a team total of 55.6% wins on face-offs, while uh, Sacred Heart was 44.4.
0: Yeah, that's all you can ask for, pretty much. Uh, Above 50 is, you know, that's, that's pretty much the line, the average line. Um, but with Josh Nodler, that's an experienced guy who's played center in Hockey East, so that is another guy. He won seven faceoffs, lost five, and that's all he can ask for, pretty much. Especially Josh Alpino last year was a faceoff machine, as Bobby Trevino would like to put it. He was always on the ice near the end of a game, and it always seemed like he won it. Be- uh, excuse me, he won it back at the right time, and another. Less talked about guy Anthony Delgado, who always jumped up in the lineup when they needed him. When Josh Pena was out with injury, uh, Delgado was always he was always able to stay at that C spot and win faceoffs for UMass. Um, and it's good to see Lucas Mercury, you know, a guy who's he's drafted by the Hurricanes. He's a big center, um, and he was usually on the fourth line for most of the season last year. Um, and even Kenny Connors, too. As you said, he was manning that fourth line this this game for UMass, and he was still a positive on the faceoffs. offs Won five, lost four. Um, Ryan Sullivan, the only one who uh, lost more than he won. So it is good that UMass is not... They weren't struggling as much in that game, even with the departure of guys that were very strong with that. Um, so Greg Carville seemed to be... Even though he said it's not the funnest game to watch, and I am sure even just an exhibition game, that's always going to be the opinion. But right. he seemed to not it wasn't all it wasn't all negatives uh, from that game.
1: Yeah, um, definitely some positives to take away. And like I mentioned earlier, this is kind of the same track we saw the team on last year um, with a, a different roster. You know, with Murray, and you still had. Bobby Trevino so um, and I believe that exhibition game was against UMass Dartmouth mm-hmm. if I'm correct yep. and they lost um, UMass Dartmouth won that game three uh, two so same score as the sacred heart game um, so so it's definitely not any sign to what the team is gonna be doing for the future games
0: yes for sure and moving on now to the game against american international college tomorrow in springfield me and andrew golden will be on the call for that and andrew give us a little preview about what we're about to see. yeah so uh,
2: the uscho.com uh, ranked aic as the second uh, second best team they they ranked them to p- finish second uh, in atlantic hockey conference or sorry atlantic hockey association behind sacred heart so um Obviously, it's obviously the Sacred Heart game was an exhibition, but th- you're probably going to get uh, a similar a similar level of opponent. Um, and I think th- I think the reason they're ranked so low, or they're, the reason they're not ranked first, they're usually just far and away the favorites to win that conference. It's because they do, like I mentioned earlier, have 18 new faces on the team. That is a lot. Quite I mean, a lot. you talk about. You talk about we talked about UMass having a lot of a lot of turnover. I mean, eighteen is just eighteen new players is just ridiculous. And so they um, they they went to Fairbanks, Alaska, long long road trip uh, oh, last you know, weekend long, to start the season. Way, way. They went oh one and one. They tied they tied the first game, won the shootout. So um, they they get some conference points there, but they, they lost they lost the second game. Um, the goal goaltending. Uh, between Jarrett Fisk and Alex Aslanidis. Um I'm not sure who's going to play. Uh, that I think I think it's it as up in the air for for AIC as it is UMass. They could even bring uh, one one of their other two. They have they got four goalies on the roster, so um, we'll we'll see. But it's probably going to be between Fisk and as- Aslanitas. They both played really well. They both uh, uh, Fisk had uh, I forget I forget exactly what it was, but Aslanitas had 20, 27 saves on 29 shots in the loss so it definitely wasn't his fault um, Fisk I think had more if I remember correctly he had like 35 shots against uh, so his his numbers are gonna look better but it's just because really he had more action um, so yeah they they played they played uh, Alaska Fairbanks pretty tough so I think you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be a tough challenge, especially since they're ranked similarly to uh, what Sacred Heart is, and um, since
0: you know they AIC is always a, always a threat to win that conference. Yeah, it's very interesting too because you said as you said, eighteen new faces on that team. It's almost like not, not an expansion team in the NHL or a, uh, a new team entering uh, the D one for college. Like teams like LIU always have a lot of transfers who just haven't played together. Mm -hmm. Uh, We saw that last year. UMass got to play them twice. Um, But it's a lot of new faces just, like, kind of all jumping into one pot, and uh, they may not be acquainted with each other right away. And that's also somewhat of a challenge in the way for UMass because they they don't know as much, like, what to expect. They may watch film on an AIC versus Alaska game, but – it could completely change, and they still don't have a read on what a lot of players can do. So, just as much as it's a challenge for AIC to get a hold of the new UMass players, it's the same thing for uh, UMass when looking at the AIC players. Andrew,
2: yeah, and I think I think something that might help with that a little bit is that there is that their head coach Eric Lang has been there for seven years, so. Um, I think by by now, especially being so close, they they're on the schedule prom, pretty much every year. So they, they they probably know pretty well how like their systems, how, how they play within the systems. So um, it's just about you know ha- having the new players fit within the system. So um, I think I think that's that's a good that's a good thing to to know um, going forward. But like like you said, it's it's they they don't a lot of teams don't just go straight by the systems you know you, you're you're allowed to play uh outside of the systems sometimes so it it is going to be interesting to see like what these new players can can do uh Blake Bennett I think is going to be a player to watch uh he is is not on the line that scored they 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 had two goals and the same the same line was on for, for both of them it was uh Brett Reilens uh, Jordan Biro and Nick Cardelli. Um, those guys have all the points on the team, but I think uh, a break, breakout candidate is going to be Blake Bennett because he had. I I, I don't have I don't have the stats up in front of me because they're they're hard to find. The <laughs> a, 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 AIC didn't have uh, last year's stats up, so I had to go on Elite Prospects, and I'm pretty sure I have a I have a pop up ad that's saying I, I need to get a membership now, but. Uh, <laughs> Or they but, see
0: you on there, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. But but Blake Bennett uh, had a lot of points. I think he was near point per game for AIC last year. So he's he's going to be another one to, to, to look out for. Um, and just they they have a lot of new defensemen that are are going to make make impacts. Uh, the one the one the one that's back is uh, Luis Lindner. Um, he he was pretty good for AIC last year in... A more limited role obviously now that there's so many new faces he's looking to uh expand on that role um i I didn't get to see any of or or hear any of the game uh at, at at alaska so i don't really know how active the defensemen were um but they none of the defensemen had any points in that game in those games so it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting to see how the defensemen play into it because you you Can't really tell so far.
0: Yeah, and we'll see. AIC plays UMass tomorrow at 7 p.m. And we have a few minutes left here. And with all this talk about new players, there's a couple returning players that still, you know, may not be as acquainted with the UMass team as others. And the player I'm kind of spotlighting right here is Taylor McCarr. We didn't see a crazy amount of Taylor McCarr last year, but. He did start out playing a lot of games in the beginning of the season for UMass, and you could see some flash there. I mean, he has the McCarr genes <laughs> in him. Uh, just like his brother, he's fast, and he's pretty dynamic when he's going straight up the ice. Um, but, you know, as a freshman, he's he even said it himself during media that he it's always a hard adjustment for a freshman going straight from juniors to NCAA and coming to a system that's not forgiving uh, in practice that Greg Carville employs, it's 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 tough on players because you need to be ready for the level jump. Uh, but he's he said he's put a lot of work in in the off season and he did play on the third line versus Sacred Heart in the exhibition game. Um, but the biggest thing for him is that he knows what's coming this year and he's he wants to be able to help all all the new faces that are coming in because they're all going to have that same adjustment that he had. He only had one goal last year, but he wants himself to be more of an impact player that players can trust when he's on the ice. And the other player we talked to during media, we'll finish up with this, Jerry Harding, who was a transfer here after his freshman year at Providence, but he's been here the last two years. This will be his third. He's going to have the A on his jersey, but he said that the play against Sacred Heart won't be indicative of the whole season, Maddie.
1: Right, and he also noted that on at media on Tuesday that at that time they weren't even really focusing on um, kind of AI, what going into AIC. They were more just focused on um, their own play, uh, which is something also – Coach Carville mentioned in the in the uh, press conference that there's just some some errors that need to be worked out before, like you can focus on future play. Obviously, we assume now that that they have looked ahead um, to the game tomorrow. Um, But you know, same with McCarr and what he said last year. Harding um, just this week was mentioning how kids are coming from juniors to, you know school and he kind of referred to it as a culture shock um, and just it's it's just a whole new environment and and there's a lot more response I don't want to say a lot more responsibility but there it's just very a a big change a major change and um, I think it's you know when you have someone like that with an A on their chest who's kind of noting that um, you know when you entering you know playing for UMass it, it is going to be uh, an adjustment. You know, I think that's kind of the person you want as a leader as well. Um, just kind of being able to adapt to, to change and having new players come in.
0: Well, we know, we know he's certainly led off the ice because on the ice last season, him and Taylor McCarve, pretty similar stat lines. One goal, zero assist, zero point, or one point, excuse me. But um, yeah, Jerry Harding's only goal last season came at the best possible time in the hockey semifinal. It may have been... An own goal from UMass Lowell, but he celebrated like it was his own, and he claims himself to be a very social and outspoken person and a big voice in the locker room, and that's exactly what they're going to be expecting for him. So we'll see if they end up having their own breakout seasons, even though he's in his senior year, but Taylor McCarr, an Avalanche draft pick as well, just like his brother. But that will end us off here in the studio Maddie and Andrew, alongside I, Scotty Morrow. We will see you guys.